Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I am here with my good buddy, Dylan Shore, who is alive. But we're going to talk about Dead Man on Campus. Dylan, what is Dead Man on Campus? Dead Man on Campus is the first R-rated MTV film uh, that was made in 1998. Uh, it stars John Paul Glossier? Gosler. Mark Paul Gossler? <laughs> John Paul. <laughs> it stars John Paul from Give Me the Light fame. Yeah, uh, Mark Paul Gosselier. <laughs> I don't know. How, I have never been like quite sure how to pronounce his last name. Let Gosseler, right? Now I'm Goss now I have I know. I, I always start to question myself. Gosseler. Mark Paul Gosseler. Okay. We could just say <laughs> Zach Morris, right? Yeah, Zach Morris. Saved by the bell. Uh and Tom Everett Scott, that thing you do, fame. Right. <laughs> uh they are two college roommates who devise up a plan to get another roommate moved in to have that roommate kill themselves so that they can get straight A's. Yeah. It's a black comedy and we'll get into it before we do. Anything else you want to talk about? Have you watched anything of note? Yes, absolutely. What do you got? Fella? Um, I've got like five things here. I'm going to start with the, yeah, the, the first one is a movie that you talked about during your Christmas watch. Okay. And I was like, I want to watch this. And sure enough, I was randomly at uh, uh, Goodwill last week. Uh, they have like Dollar Thursday. And I was looking at their movies. And sure enough, there's this movie for a dollar. I'm like, I'm just going to fucking buy it. Uh, Santa Claus, the movie. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Um, it's a feel. Like it, it, it really encompasses that Christmas feel and look like for that first part of the movie, then it gets kind of a little mumbled in the begin in the middle and I don't really care. And then I'm like, where the, where the fuck is John Lithgow? <laughs> where the fuck is he? And then he finally shows up and uh, man, is he giving a performance that his fucking teeth like he oh my god he's got something going on there no he's using those teeth to chew every bit of scenery he can get his mouth close to man it's awesome yeah no uh i probably won't watch it again until probably this christmas uh christmas 2021 but i really like the feel of the first half of it are there christmas movies that you watch outside of christmas time some really like when was the last time what was that movie do you have any memory of that like the family stone like i'll, I'll watch that sometimes uh love Man. actually i've watched not at christmas time what is wrong with you i mean i'd watch it at christmas time too but like if sarah wanted to watch it i'd be like yeah let's watch it fuck it god shouldn't even be watching that movie at christmas time the appropriate way to watch love actually is to watch bill Nighy's scenes in isolation and then just skip oh. the rest of the movie no, I, it's a it's an adorable movie. Okay. Oh man, I it definitely has a winning spirit, and it does all of the like, you know, filmmaking. It has. It's just like it makes you feel good. That's what it's trying to do. It's literally like putting that on you with the score and just the the situations these characters are in. And you're like, oh my god, and I can see people being like, okay, this is stupid. This is 
cheesy. It, no, it's not even that it's stupid or cringy. And I'm not saying anything new here. It's that it's really um, cringy. It's uncomfortable. And so the fact that the movie is asking us to go along with these characters. Don't the love the Liam and his stepson story. That's the one that I have the most tolerance for easily. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I do really like that actually. <laughs> well, so yeah, two of my favorite parts you just said that you liked, and that's pretty much why I watched the movie. And I don't find the rest like bad. I find it actually kind of funny. I've loved the stereotype of the 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 one guy going to America and he just ends up in Wyoming. That's that's funny to me. That's a joke. That's not like gonna be taken seriously. No, yeah, that's a joke. That's chippy and fun. That's yeah, I I have a real problem with the obviously the like Andrew Lincoln stuff. I think that's like borderline. Is that the Keira Knightley story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's like, my favorite part of the movie, but like I don't mind it. Yeah, I mind it. <laughs> um, I also <laughs> really mind the Hugh Grant and Emma Stone stuff. That shit makes me like it's effective, but it makes me so goddamn sad, you know. And I'm oh, yeah, especially I, that uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Story. Yeah, I'm realizing I said Emma Stone. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Emma Thompson with uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, right? <laughs> yeah whatever this is not a okay. love action yeah. podcast but i'm not a fan of that movie i fair yeah okay uh, and then i was going through my dvds and i was like huh i haven't watched this one in solidly 10 years let's pop it on and that was beowulf the director's cut and oh right on i watched that recently also did you okay yeah. it holds up big time yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot more than I was expecting it to. And for it being like uh, an insane movie, it definitely holds up because mm -hmm. I was all about it, especially if you can watch the director's cut. It is a bloody good time. There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot going on in there. I um, And I want to mention fucking uh, Crispin Glover as Grindel. Yeah. Such like he's so captivating. Crispin Glover like, is always so captivating. Uh, yeah. Oh, so good. Um, I think it suffers from sort of like the narrative structures of it, you know, being like this primeval tale that was writ before we sort of crystallized the narrative structures that we're used to engaging now it keeps me a little bit at arm's length. So I'm a little like up and down when I try and track it as a narrative. But if I just like sit back and let it wash over me, I'm usually having a really good time. Yeah, the, the the narrative of it, it actually is it's not bad. It takes it, obviously it takes its own liberties from the the fucking poem or whatever the right. it's actually, uh but the second half like jumps many years Beowulf is now an old man. He's killed Grindel and uh, uh and he's now got to fight his son right which is the dragon that yeah. he uh i'm blinking on angelina jolie's character's name um, I, dude i would have a hard time even pronouncing yeah. if i remembered him you know uh but still uh that the second half like might not be for everyone but it, for me this time like all the way through once again i, I was thoroughly enjoyed uh, i thoroughly enjoyed all of it
Right on. Yeah. Right on. I've been watching some Zemeckis stuff because they've been covering them on blank check lately. So that was nice. the guys that I had watched it under. Nice. Um, okay, let's see here. I watched Brandon Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's son. Yeah. Movie Possessor. You know what? It, I literally just today put that on the top of my stack of screeners. So I, I'm working through the 2020 stuff. As you know, I, I took 2020 off. And so now yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. up on all that stuff. So don't say anything else about it. I won't uh yeah i won't uh yeah the opening scene's great that's all i'll say right on yeah i've heard uh, only good things about it so i'm glad to hear you adding to its praise and then i <laughs> bought the criterion of police story one and two oh Jackie fun Turner. hell yeah and uh love them police story the first one obviously is uh one of the greatest action movies ever made ever it's got a little bit too much well, so when I started watching the Criterion, the automatic setting is to watch it um, with the original Cantonese language and English subtitles. Mm -hmm. But I've never seen it that way before. I've only seen it dubbed. Dubbed, yeah. So I put on the English dub, and I must say, I find watching those old action movies dubbed funner like a more uh what's the proper term just like um i mean maybe it's a nostalgia thing i definitely I, it might be because i wouldn't do that for this next movie that i'm going to tell you like okay. i would never watch this uh the, like any korean film like uh or any chinese film that is uh not from the 80s that wasn't presented to me sure in a dubbed way sure yeah, like I'm sure watching Enter the Dragon wouldn't. I'd probably want to watch it dubbed as well. Well, Enter the Dragon is in English, is an English language movie, no? Oh, I could be wrong. I've only seen it once. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's an English language movie. Um, well, there we go. Uh, the dubs, I you know, I'm a bit of a Philistine in that I, when I'm watching anime in particular. I'm always going with the dubs and I know that's kind of a lame choice because it's the one place where I can get away with it like what I'm trying to say is that I really find myself I uh, maybe have hypographia or some of those tendencies also so if I'm sitting still I'm constantly writing I'm a writer by trade I'm very wound up with the written word so if a title is on screen even if it's a Chiron I'm going to read it over and over again until it's not there. And I miss the visual field. I know the criticism of like getting over the one inch barrier is totally legitimate. And I'm not going to be that person who's like, oh, subtitles, I won't watch it. But I am going to be that person who, if I can get away with a dub, I'm going to take it. Okay. Well, this next movie, you won't be able to get away with it because. It doesn't even allow the option. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that one is a Korean film called The Gangster, The Cop, The Devil. Right. You heard of this? No. It's in 2019. Uh, <clears throat> um, dude. Okay. So when I, th <laughs> going into it, I thought it was going to be like, uh, did you ever see I Saw the Devil? Yeah. That Korean film? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a, a long 
slow paced cop serial killer type of movie but it's not it's extremely fast paced the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes i think and it's it like snaps along and it's brutal it's violent and the story's awesome so there's a serial killer that's on like uh, that is um uh causing like little fender benders on like secluded roads okay and when they get out to exchange information he murders the other person and one night while he's doing it uh he ends up uh trying to kill one of the biggest gangsters in korea Hmm. and this guy fights him off and like wounds him a little bit but he also gets stabbed a bunch as well and uh the serial killer ends up getting away and the gangster ends up in the hospital and there's a cop who has uh, been on the trail of this serial killer. Hmm. And he goes to the gangster and he's like, let's work together to find this serial killer. And it's awesome. Crazy. Yeah, wild. Uh, yeah, I want to see that play out. Fun. Yep. Good deal. And that's it. That's all for me. Nice work. Um, I have just a couple that I will talk about. Um, let's see in what order to discuss these films let's go <laughs> I'm gonna start with Junior when's the last time you saw Junior years dude years that movie is such hot garbage it's- I it it the poster is a hot mess the poster <laughs> is responsible for one of my favorite visual gags in all of television history do you know baby man are you a bojack fan uh i've only seen the first season okay at one point it might even be in the first season at one point they're in like princess caroline's office or some hollywood office and they're doing a a run of posters that have been fabbed up to be goofy in the insane bojack world Uh so it's like instead of i don't remember what the fucking jokes are but instead of aliens it's like cat aliens or whatever insane thing and then they get to the last poster and it's just junior it's just <laughs> <a poster for> <laughs> junior. <laughs> it, i love an insane high concept movie twins in the same vein still rules <clears throat> junior is just fucking boring and slow and slight for as much insanity as there is to it, there's not a lot of plot. And honestly, I could not tell you any scenes from the movie. I remember like certain stuff. I remember him on the the what like the gurney, not yeah. the, you know, getting checked. <laughs> oh, sure. But like, does he, does he end up getting giving birth? Like. I no, they have they have an emergency C-section because okay, it doesn't come out as asshole or anything. No, no, they stopped just shy of that level of insanity, but they really pulled the <laughs> insane biology way too far. And, and how does he get pregnant? Uh, Danny DeVito and he are both scientists that are they're like geneticists or fertility doctors kind of stuff. No, Danny DeVito is like the leading fertility doctor. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the leading geneticist. And mm. their paths cross and shit's got to forces them, you know, fate brings them together. And well, lo and behold, Arnold can have this baby that will save both of their careers or whatever the fuck. Yeah, know? I do not remember any of that. 
it's not worth remembering. It's just dumb and bad. It's the whole thing is just the premise played over and over and over again. Like, what if he was pregnant? And oh, um, so it the story just keeps repeating itself for an hour and a half. Yeah, it, yeah, and nothing, and literally nothing else. Who's you know? the anyone big write it and direct it? I would have to look. Um, wouldn't be surprised if it was an Alan Smithy. No, it's not that bad. It's a competently made movie. Let's take a look. Because was and also was oh, Junior. Yeah. It's right. Ivan Reitman. It's in that string of like. I was you know, gonna say I knew it was someone big. Yeah, it's in that string of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ivan Reitman team up to get him fish out of water. You know, Kindergarten Cop and was is Twins of Reitman also probably. If not directed, it's produced, probably. Right. Yep. So, yeah, it was not surprising that it's a Reitman. I mean, it feels swishy. It's got that Alan Silvestri score also. So, it, like we were just saying about Love Actually, it feels like a movie. So, you mm-hmm. can kind of go along with it. But if you pay more, like, even if you're on your phone watching Junior, it's still infuriatingly boring. It's just and it's dumb. Renee Russo. It's um, actually Emma Thompson. Speaking of, cool. And the that's the biggest problem I have with it is her her flop from. Wait a second! You stole my embryo and injected it into yourself. To all right, that's my baby. I'm the dad now. Is happens off screen i guess i don't know <laughs> huh so that's uh, junior. give birth to a boy or a girl he gives birth to a junior um i think he gives birth to a girl and then in the uh denouement we find out that emma thompson is pregnant because they fall in love through the course of this movie obviously obviously and, okay uh, yeah gives birth to a boy. No more on that movie anyways um slightly better was cr- the crap the craft legacy is that what that movie was called did you see that one last year no i didn't want to it didn't look very good it's not very good and a couple of a couple of people that uh like nerd review people that i follow that love horror movies Mm -hmm. uh one specifically that loves the movie the craft but obviously knows it has flaws in certain pieces of its writing uh watched it and he was like i don't know what the fuck they were thinking when they made this i mean i I think i can see some of the things that they were thinking there's at least some attention being paid to oh let's update this craft story but it ends up feeling like a pastiche of movies you know the first 20 minutes really feel like carrie um the is it scary though like like no, no like, i would never say i was scared I, I don't yeah, and i wouldn't say the movie was scary but like the girls like had this like eeriness to them that made them kind of creepy fair yeah no there's definitely like a goth vibe coming out of the mid 90s that sets them apart um these girls to me just look like generation z you know they just look like girls of that age the plot does well to set them apart and then there is sort of an interesting plot line with a love interest and you know which way that turns is modern day and not just 
like woke, it's legitimately interesting. There's a, a scene where you're like, oh shit, that kid's acting. And that, that's a valid emotion that I, I'm happy to see represented on screen for sure. It's a um, different story, right? From the original, it's not the same. Yeah, it's definitely a different story. We actually, I mean, spoiler alerts. Go ahead. Our main girl is Faruka Bulk's daughter, but she's been adopted to a different family. And then we end up following kind of a similar arc, you know, where Wait, it's like, that just made me kind of want to watch it. <laughs> it's not, it's better than Junior. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's got some second act problems. It gets a little, for it's only 90 minutes, but it gets a little sloggy. And there's the sort of like magic effects really cut the line between like, oh shit, that's cool and creative and clever to like, oh, that's just a CGI glow. But I also kind of like CGI glow. And this movie has a certain, it's, it's going for like a snappy, I don't want to say like 80s movie vibe, but like the friendship group coming together has a real montage swishiness to it. Like, let's just get this, we got it. Let's deal in archetypes moving forward. Okay. And that's kind of working for it. But then there's some weird tones that just don't mesh together. And the David Duchovny stuff feels like that might be from a different movie. I didn't yeah, even it, realize he was in it. Yeah. And he looks very puffy. Alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he looks quite alcoholic, I'm sad to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it all just, at the end of the day, it feels like a, an amalgam of a bunch of different movies. But I, didn't hate it, you know? It was sort of like, eh, okay, good enough. Eh. I, okay. That being said, I'm glad I wasn't in a theater. If I had been trapped with the movie, I might've been a little more pissed off, but being able to get up and do some push-ups, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, I might, once I clear out this list of movies that I'm on, I might add that to the new list of movies. I think it's worth a watch if you're a fan of the craft at the very least. And I certainly am. I love the original craft. So. I am too. Which we didn't do for Halloween, did we? Nope, but... Oh, we're going to do it this year. Don't we? Uh, And then the last one I'll talk about is pure unbridled joy in the form of Hot Rod. Oh, so good. It's so good, dude. I have a reaction with that movie, and it was stronger this time than many times in the past, where every time I put it on after having seen it in a while, for a little while, I'm like, wait, why do I like this? Is this funny? Yeah, it's like perfectly dumb. And then one joke makes me laugh and it's a different joke every time I see the movie and then I just do not stop laughing until the movie's over. It's so fucking dumb and funny. I love it so much. Yeah, like for me, like the opening scene of him sitting there on the bike and he does a spirit thing, like that's that's not the funniest part, but then he takes off and his impact that is what's really funny and that like sells the movie and then it, it continues on and delivers from that point and the relationship with he, him and ian mcshane is so funny and sissy spacek is the mom come on like the cast is stacked dude Love it. <laughs> yeah everything you just said <laughs> and the the sort of simplicity of the structure. I love the, okay, we got to raise the money so we can pay for the surgery of the thing. Yeah. 
so stupid. It's so, I just love it. I love that movie with all of my entire heart. Fucking <laughs> A. That's right what I'll say about Hot Rod without making this a Hot Rod podcast. Because if I let myself, I will only talk about Hot Rod. Yeah, Should buddy. we talk about Dead Man on Campus? Oh, please. Buddy, when was the last, I haven't seen this movie, I don't think since like 1998, maybe. Oh man, I've watched this movie a lot. Uh, this movie, I quote a lot and people don't know what I'm quoting. So I just kind of like, uh, you don't get it. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Like my buddy will be like, hey, have you seen my, my uh, like rolling papers? And I'll be like, papers, Josh, where are the papers? <laughs> papers. <laughs> be like, what? I'm like, dead man on campus? No. <laughs> I also plan on celebrating all of my victories in life henceforth just by going Van Dam, Van Dam. <laughs> okay, okay, now it's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it a lot. I I remember liking it when I was a kid, and dude, I <laughs> I'm a fan of this movie. I have positive things to say generally. Yes, I do too. I love this movie. I didn't realize that it, like the first 30 minutes like watching this time I was like actually trying to like watch it as like a structural structure structural movie whatever the fuck I'm trying to say and the structure of the movie and the first 30 minutes is like a legit setup of these guys they don't even get into the whole finding another roommate until like halfway through the movie it's that's the legit midpoint and yeah the whole first act really is just these guys in college it's a straight up college movie for a while and then it really turns into dark comedy yeah absolutely and you got a hard edge to start with but no i i was really struck by the structure of it too it was like this is a classical storytelling we're actually taking time with these (laughs) characters like you said it felt refreshing you don't see that stuff anymore man yeah and they're both doing a great job like they balance each other out in a great way like straight man uh screwball let's talk about it because i immediately sort of bristled at mark paul gosseler and then i don't know really quickly he wore in for me i think he's killing it in this role and i think you're right him and tom everett scott really have some some chemistry man i like their energy Man, I really do too. This, there's so many, I, this movie was a big deal for me as a kid. I watched it all the time. I got suspended from, uh, for a day from school because I, me and my buddy who had, who had seen this movie as well, and we would quote it all the time. And uh, I was bored in class and our teacher was like talking about something and I wrote on a note, I was like, I wish our teacher, I wrote her name, uh, would piss off and shut the fucking door. <laughs> and so, like, she saw me pass it to him, and she's like, give me that note. And she fucking read it, and she's like, go to the principal's office. I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> you it. You should have told, you could have thrown it back to her, so you want me to piss off and shut the door? <laughs> Damn it. Missed opportunity dumbass seventh grader yep uh but yes uh this movie is very prominent in my life right on yeah it's 
kind of surprising to me that it's not more prominent in my life. It feels like the kind of movie I would have watched 10,000 times. I want to watch it again right now. It's full <laughs> of stuff right just for me, you know? I, mm-hmm. So to that end, I, I guess ship, is that what the kids say? I ship Jason Siegel and Linda Cardellini. Cardellini? First time they worked together. So it was right before Freaks and Geeks. Okay, that was my question because I love their partnership in Freaks and Geeks also. And I continue to love, I mean, Linda Carlini's probably working more than Jason Siegel is at these days. And I, I love seeing her every time she pops up, but I really like his work also. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is like one of my favorite things. Which is about her. Is it really? They dated after Freaks and Geeks for the longest time. And then- I want them to still be married forever. No, no, no. He essentially wrote Forgetting Sarah Marshall about her. Uh, <laughs> now watch Forgetting Sarah Marshall and watch Sarah Marshall as Linda Cardellini. <laughs> that's going to make me sad. Because Sarah Marshall still like, you still feel for her. Oh yeah, still, no, she's, she's got sympathy. That movie's incredible because it, it cares so about all of its characters, even Aldous, Aldous Snow. Snow. <laughs> you, you end up caring about Aldous Snow and he's a dickhead, you know? Yep, yep absolutely. Yeah, anyway, um, that's okay. really heart, heartening and disheartening to learn because I'm, yeah, whatever. They're fantastic. It's so, I, in my mind, they're still married. In my mind, they're still married. <laughs> uh, I don't think they were ever married. I think they In were my just- mind, they're still married. Kyle. <laughs> uh, yeah, let the, the, this cast though, uh, Lachlan Munro, who plays Cliff, he's a trip dude (laughs) he's so good he's oh man the the like lip thing he does is i try to mimic it constantly it's so gross and so (laughs) uncomfortable and the level of discomfort that the girls have with him when they bring him over to the dorm room i i one of these chicks for me man oh cliff i think they're lesbians. What's <laughs> <laughs> up, lesbos? <laughs> it's so crazy. It's and so the commitment of this movie to end with him that we get the like dream sequence and then we flash <laughs> out of the dream over. sequence to him, like, no, no, I did survive the boat. <laughs> I also love the scene when they're like, uh, the he's in their dorm room after getting shot and <laughs> the guy knocks and he's like, put him in the closet. He's like, okay. Puts him out in the hallway. He's like, whoa, this is a big closet. Yeah. All right. And then the big dude comes out and he's like, Cliff, Zeke, Cliff, I thought you were dead. <laughs> like, no, I'll be good. I got shot. Yeah. <laughs> this is turning into the Chris Farley show. Cause I do, man, I, I laughed like the whole way through this movie. The whole way through. Well oh, man. It's got an incredible cast. It's funny as fuck. It goes dark. I mean, obviously it goes dark because it's about (laughs) these guys picking their perfect suicide target, Mm -hmm. I guess, murder target. But it's not just that that darkness is reflected in like all of the humor. It's very morose and very, not just, it's like gross out, but it's not, dumb frat fart humor it revels in sort of like a 
almost like a predecessor to the office where the discomfort that you feel for everybody involved at moments is really, really hilarious. Mm -hmm. But then it turns it up with an absurdity note that just, I love the tone of this thing, man. Definitely. Uh, I want to just uh, shout out a couple of my favorite lines. Please. There's, gonna, there's a few, but when you first, the first party they throw in their room, Josh is still in his bed mm -hmm. and uh, Cooper pulls out his bar and Pickle comes in and it's the first time you meet Pickle mm -hmm. and he's got all of the the blenders and stuff in his hand and Cooper goes what'd you do knock off an appliance store and he's like <laughs> no 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 brought this uh the stuff reminds me of home he's like that blender reminds you of home yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> love that line and then I really love when um anything uh is it Buckley the guy that thinks uh Bill Gates is trying to kill him right uh anything he says is hilarious uh fuck I'm trying to think of honestly all of their targets are really really funny I want to uh point back to Buckley for a second because a lot of the stuff that he says tickles me in a way that this this movie does a couple of times where it's like not necessarily prescient but doing a thing that would occupy a much larger role. So his like conspiracy addled brain focusing on Bill Gates, Bill Gates yeah. is like, well, that feels pertinent today. But the other really weird one was hearing, <laughs> oh my God, this movie cracks me the fuck up, was hearing Monroe talk about uh, jerking off to the Facebook or was it Jason Siegel? Uh, Jason Siegel, uh, he's like, that's Rachel. She's from so-and-so and so-and-so. He's like, oh, how'd, how'd you know all that? He's like, it's in the freshman Facebook. I've been like jacking off to that thing for the last two weeks. <laughs> oh my God. So it was- He's been uh, uh, jacking a lacking around to it. Jack, jack a lacking. <laughs> <laughs> jacking a lacking around to it. What? <laughs> oh man, love it so much. So it was weird as hell to hear Facebook be referenced in the original context of a Facebook. Of a Facebook, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> other, their final guy, the dude who is pretending to be Morrissey, yeah. I think I laugh harder at him than any of the other ones. Because with, and dude, I have a total blast. I think he's doing a great job. But um, Lachlan Monroe, I kind of want to be jake busey i'm a little bit like why why are you like busey though because it's lachlan monroe he's doing he's he's killing it man i really don't mean to take anything away from him i really really enjoyed it um but the, I, the third really guy is such a blast with it <laughs> and when he starts singing cabaret in the bathroom at the end yeah. <laughs> he's like what were you doing were you just singing show tunes no, why would I be singing show tunes? You're a fucking poser. Hey, man, I am not a fucking poser. <laughs> the drops the <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, and his song, Sperm. <laughs> my words and my sperm, sputing forth my tragic germ. Top 10, at least 90s college party song. It's up there with Scotty Doesn't Know for me. Totally. Although that's 2004. Uh, whatever. Yep. 
Uh, and band from Love Burger, their song's pretty good too. Uh, so Mike White has a writing credit on this movie. Yeah, and I was wondering you brought if, that like, up. I was gonna. I like. I feel like Buckley was written by Mike White, and probably the British guy. I don't know. There's like when Buckley starts talking, he's like, "Kurt Cobain isn't dead. He's with <laughs> Jerry so and so up at Mount St. Helens." <laughs> I don't know why that just feels like a Mike White thing to me well probably because of um uh what's the jack black movie right oh, School right? Rock. School yeah, yeah, Rock. Yeah. um oh could be i didn't even put, put that together yeah he wrote school of rock natural leroy orange county which is another college one i've been thinking about rewatching orange county i oh, i have a, a soft spot for that one i remember liking it so mm-hmm. he i mean he's a real good writer yeah, he is. <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense that he's got something to do with this script. I, it, whether it was his to begin with or if he's just punching this thing, who knows, but it, it's... I think he came to punch it up because there's two guys that have a story credit and then I there's see. one other screenplay credit I next see. to Mike White. Yeah, that totally tracks. Uh, the I think this, this is someone. Who is this? Oh, okay, yeah, he directed Pumpkin. Gotcha. One of the story credit guys. Um, um, also, shout out to Allison Hannigan. We somehow haven't mentioned her. She's like in two Lucy. scenes. We've talked about her, but she deserves a shout out. Yeah, definitely. The whole cast. Like, there's a, uh, we said Cardellini and Siegel already. I feel like I'm blanking on one, though. Uh, nope. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Not it. That's really the whole cast. Kurt so, Loder pops up at the end. <laughs> because what was the, what's the line about Kurt Loder? God damn it, I fell off my stool. Uh, he was like, who are you? Fucking Kurt Loder. <laughs> Piss off. Piss off. And shut my fucking door. They shut his door. He's like, Piss off. And right. you <laughs> they stay in the room. Like, Piss off. What does piss off mean? I don't know what this means. <laughs> God damn it, this movie cracks me up. I um, would have liked to have seen more of Mark Paul Gosseler in this mode. Did he yeah. like start making, didn't he do uh, some NBC shows around this time? Ooh, probably a little later. He started that whole TV, because 98, was Saved by the Bell going on at this point still? No, it wasn't. It was done. They were probably about to do like the college, the college, uh, like movie or whatever that was. Yeah, uh, I think that would have been before that. Like the okay. wedding stuff was like ninety four. Oh wow, so early! I didn't even realize that. Yeah. No, I mean he did a bunch of television. Yeah, he did actually. Wow, I'm looking at it. Even in ninety eight, he was on a show called Hyperion Bay and a show called DC. Oh, that was that Hyperion Bay thing was supposed to sort of, oh, Mark Paul Gussler is back, but this time in a dramatic role. And it, Deadman on Campus is his first, it's his first like feature film. The rest are TV series, TV movies, TV series, TV movies, TV series, uh, Saved by the Bell. So uh, another way that I feel like this movie has some kind of strange prescience is that Mark Paul Gosseler in this role 
and then thereafter was sort of doing the same thing that Neil Patrick Harris would really launch into success with the like, okay, I'm going to do a, a jerk ass cameo in Harold and Kumar and then get myself on, although he went to sitcom. Maybe that was the thing. Mark Paul Gosselaar went to dramas. If he'd gone back to sitcoms, maybe he, he might've had something because his comic energy is good, man. It is. It's what really good. And then, uh, Allison Hannigan and Jason Siegel. Right. For How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. A lot going on here. And the, the girl that plays Rachel, Poppy Montgomery. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, but I really like her. I liked her too. I also was curious about what happened uh, to yeah, her. I've never really seen anything else that she's in. She's, she's working, but I've never heard of any of this stuff. It's an interesting choice. I wonder if she was just sort of like set to pop and, you know, made different decisions with her career. Um, I mean, I don't know. She's doing a lot of TV movies, like a lot of TV movies. And she was on Without a Trace for 160 episodes. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. That's what she was sure. doing from 2002 to 2009. Yeah. Yeah, that was her show. Gotcha. Didn't even realize that. Yeah, good for her. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Okay. Man, that's at the tail end of that good stuff, too. Get that syndication yeah. deal. She is set, Bella. And then the director, Alan Cohen, has not really done anything. He did, this was his first movie, and then he did a TV show called Shasta McNasty. Have you seen any? <laughs> Speaking of Jake Busey. Is he in Shasta McNasty? He is Shasta McNasty. Shut the fuck up. I don't know. Maybe the dog is Shasta McNasty, but he's definitely the lead of that show. Oh, he's totally in the show. He's second build. (laughs) So yeah, he did that. Uh, And this is what I'm talking about. You know what? The director of this movie understands the energy that we're tapping into here. I wonder. Do you? He did 24 episodes of the Man Show, and then that was the last thing he directed weird and then he's on the music department for 101 episodes of the wayne's bros what <laughs> oh, the music department nothing else <laughs> and he's listed as an actor in spider-man 3 oh, jazz club musician i'd be curious to learn a little bit more about his story because it sounds like that dude either was like you know what i just kind of want to make music or got put in jail for some shit he did. Uh, yeah, maybe. Jail, I mean. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, that'd be. I'd be curious to find out a little bit more about that. But rather than doing a deep dive research, I'll just wonder for now. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole heck of a lot more. Do you have anything? No, literally. Please watch this movie. It deserves all the love. It does not have great reviews, but I'm telling you, it's a great movie. I think it's really good i don't know great movie i want to say great i really liked it yeah it still holds up in my opinion i think it does too one of the another place where it even is ahead of the curve is there's like one or two no they don't ever do a gay panic joke there's a plot line about their like gay cover joke but all of the reactions to it are like man they make a good couple yeah, Something there like is the one where they're listening to them from the hallway. 
Right. And he's like, you know what, Josh, you're so anal. And they throw their sticks down and just walk away. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is the 90s after all. But still, they, they do end up being like, they make such a cute couple. <laughs> and that's where they take this joke. I think... I think it's due for a reevaluation, man. We might be on the spearhead of this thing. I'm a little surprised that it's not beloved. I wonder if it's hard to get a hold of. I do no, think- No, you can rent it on Amazon. I have a DP and VHS of it. I think the second act drags a little bit, right? We spend a little bit too much time, I think, with, um, <laughs> with Cliff, with Lachlan Monroe. He's Lachlan. a lot of fun but he's a lot of the runtime of this movie. And so mm-hmm. that's a, a bit soft. And the ending is really squishy, right? Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah, absolutely. What the fuck are you expecting from, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the movie's over when they get Josh off the ledge and he does the whole montage of, they gave me another uh, try with my grades. I had well, to do therapy. And then yeah. they just added the whole Carrie Cliff thing at the end of him popping out of the grave. So good. Uh, um, oh, I was going to say something and I don't remember what it was. Okay. I, I think there's, you know, maybe a few legitimate criticisms here, but overall, I, I found it to be really pretty successful. I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Dead man on campus. Yeah. Yeah.